The world is full of calamity howlers. Always has been. But we're still here, aren't we? I want you to come along with us and look at the other side of the picture. Well, the picture I see hasn't got but one side. All of them bad. Well, our picture has two sides. A bad one and a good one. The good one tells us to begin with that we don't have to have a war. We don't have to have a depression. Keep your eye on that side of the picture for a little while. Come along with us, Grumpy, and, and see if this isn't the way you'd, you'd like our country to be. All set now? Line up for the table of contents to our document... Oh, doggone that word. Oh, our documentary show, 1960. Jiminy Tell me, Doc, are factory workers going to be able to turn out more work in 1960? Your ability to work is affected by the way you get along with the other guy. In 1960, the same will apply unless we take some courses in psychology. Unless we take some courses in psychology. I get it. Now, sleepy. Well, you're on now to introduce the next chapter. The rest of the show will run from A to Z. Agriculture and mineral capacity. The economy, the science, and the industry. Etc. 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 What are you going to tell me about first? Let's get down to business. Population. Population. A very important business. A very important subject. After all, if you've got no population, you've got nothing. No labor. No business. No women. Well, what does the book say? Yeah. What does the book say? All right. Here it is. America's Needs and Resources, published by the 20th Century Fund. Okay, page 30. Okay, it says the population trends will play a large part in determining future needs and resources. They will determine the structure and the domestic market and the number and type of consumer units. There you are. What's so important about that? Just that, that our population will increase by more than a million people every year. Between now and 1960, We'll have 165 million people then. Yes, and in order to plan for them, you have to know where all these folks are going to live. You can plan the new highways, the new hydroelectric power plants, the railroads and airlines, the hospitals and schools. Well, the trend shows that more people will be in the cities and the towns. More people will be living in the West. In short, population is the key to the amount America will be able to produce and consume in 1960. You understand it, don't you, Donald? Uh, what troubles you? Okay, Germany, so you proved to me that we're going to have a lot of population in 1960. You've given me all kinds of fancy figures and statistics about how many people there will be. But, well, uh, I just don't know. You don't know what, Grumpy? Well, maybe the trouble is that all these people are just figures on a piece of paper so far. 
Aren't you going to show me any real live people? Why, sure. I mean flesh and blood people. People that get their backs up, fly off the handle, blow the tops at other people once in a while. Close down the job sometimes, Cricket. To have troubles on your mind when you'd like to be working hard and earning an honest living. Now look, Grumpy. I'm going to talk to you about all that. About the basic attitudes of people. People are going to have to get along with each other a whole lot better. You're absolutely right. And what is this, Tom? What's wrong with that? Yeah. yeah. Look, look, what, look what happens to you every morning, Grumpy. Oh, me? Yeah, yeah. You and your missus. You know what happens? Everybody knows what happens. And it doesn't help your attitude at work. Why, only this morning you were just about to leave for the plant. You wanted to catch up to the other seven dwarfs. And this is the way you had to start the day. You can't throw me out of my own house, Mr. Oh, But, Mabel, I was only out with a dwarf last night. Now, you All can't... day I stand over a hot stove. All night I wait up and pat purple pantaloons for a pint-sized dwarf. Not much I do. Goodbye. Oh, Mabel. Please, Mabel. Mabel. to you. Yeah, I know. And it's true, Grumpy. The personal problems that millions of folks take with them every morning to the office and the plant do slow them down. Just a question of getting along better, and, well, you seem to get more done. Tell us uh, how you got along at work this morning. I picked myself up and dusted off my cap and managed to get to the machine shop in time. And then somehow those other dwarves began getting on my nerves. More trouble, Grumpy? More trouble. This is what happened. There's one type. That's me. Grumpy, will you please shut that? <laughs> the window. Oh, no. I tell you, I got to have the window down. I got to turn. It's terrible. <laughs> oh. Here, I'll pull it down myself, then I will, Grumpy. Leave that window up. I want some fresh air in here. But it's cold. You take care of your own window. This one's mine. If I open it, it stays open. You go near that window once more and I'll punch your red nose right around the other side of your head. You hear me? Yes, Grumpy. I hear you. Okay. Sit down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, you fella, uh, uh, smell up. You, you, you yell at Sneezy. You, you down the shut. You, you shut it down. You, you scared to shut the window up or uh, down. <laughs> <laughs> he's scared, uh, scared, scared. He's afraid, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's not uh, smock the cheesy. Uh, talk to Sneezy. Let's all loan him a lead. Uh, leave him alone. <laughs> okay, okay. I could care. I could work along. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that's going on all the time in factories all over the country. You think that doesn't slow down the country's production? You think that when men in the plant or in the fields or in offices show that kind of an attitude that the nation doesn't suffer? You're right, Grumpy. The personal problems, the problems with fellow workers, the problems between labor and management that start strikes and slowdowns, they'll bear some looking into between now and 1960. Uh, what is it, Donald? Donald, it's right down the hall. We'll wait here for you. <laughs> <laughs> 
from here on is going to be a cinch. You do less work, you make more money, you have your cake and eat it too. The only trouble is you haven't mentioned this country's natural resources. How are we doing in that department? Resources? How are we doing in natural resources? Why, Grumpy, this country has more and more of that stuff than anybody. You sure about that? Am I sure about it? Oh, am I sure? Where's it say so in the book, Jimmy? Where's it? Okay, you see. Here it is, chapter 23. Natural resources. Listen to this. Given a free access to the world's resources, there can be no question of a raw material supply adequate to support an expanding American economy for many decades to come. How's that, Grumpy? You say if we have free access to the world's resources. Yeah, yeah. A decade is ten years, Jiminy. Now, you say that even with the whole world supplying us, we can run for only a matter of decades. What's so wonderful? Something called American know-how, that's what. It was on that chart. American know-how is something like turning base metals into gold. How's that? Only, of course, we do it by turning our low-grade resources into the highest quality. How is it done? By using power. Did you ever see the great power lines that run across this country? From great hydroelectric plants and from the giant dams, the Grand Coulee, the Bonneville up in the Pacific Northwest, Boulder in the Rockies, Norris in the Tennessee Valley, and the other ones that we're planning, the Solanges and Lachine Rapids, Shasta and Parker, the water power turns to electric power. The electric power rides out across the land to do its work on the farms and in the mines, at the factories and laboratories. It will change coal to oil and inferior bauxite to aluminum. It will make wood as tough as steel. Look, Donald, the lifeline for America's resources are in the high-tension wires and all of their power. No, the book hasn't got any pictures. Can you draw a picture of it, Jiminy? Of the high-tension wires? Well, I'll try. <laughs> got some paint? Yeah, what's one? And a brush? Yeah. Good. Now, silver lines for the tower. There's one. And the other leg of that tower? Paint in the insulator? The steel cross-crisp beams? Now the wires to stretch out to the next tower, and the next tower, and the next tower. Uh, Not set until we add power to the wires. Shining Sea, the High Sierras, the Grand Canyon, the Great Lakes, the whole nation. Why not? Come on, Grumpy. Okay, let's go. Valley, and there's more in the seawater when it's needed. Uh, 
on, swam along. It's the Rockies. Yeah. Hello. What's down there? Copper. Lead. Zinc. Copper in those mines. Lead. Zinc. The best of it will be gone in a few years. Maybe 20, maybe 30. And still, researchers have substitute materials. And poor ores can be refined. And other countries can supply the difference. Tin is in the lands below us here. This is Alaska. I want one, one, one. The tin is nearly gone here, Donald. It's coming from other lands. Bolivia is the center for the world's tin. The same goes for the best bauxite. Bauxite is the raw stuff for aluminum. And it will be depleted very soon. Yet there are other ways to get aluminum out of the earth and other countries with a supply of good bauxite for us. In Utah, Donald, there's a thing called molybdenum. That's used in cars and planes and diesel engines and in electronics work. But there's no shortage of molybdenum. And it's a value product of a very valuable product of our land. In Texas, listen. Hey, what's below? Petroleum. Petroleum for power and fuel and lubrication. The oil supply is dwindling, but off the Pacific shore there's oil to find. And across the seas, then there will be something they call hydrogenation. It's the way scientists can turn coal into oil. Is there much coal down? Deep in the hills of Pennsylvania and West Virginia and Kentucky, there are walls of coal, Donald, a thousand years in thickness. That coal is precious. For if the wealth of our country and its people depends on power, coal can be the riches of all the people. Listen. Oh. Oh. That's America, Donald. There's tungsten down there, too. There's iron and nickel and sulfur, natural gas, mercury, graphite. And then there's something else, too. For 1960 or 1970, or maybe just for someday. That's the element they call uranium. It's down there in America, too. Call that a proper introduction to agriculture yeah. in 1960? Somehow you don't always have a sense of the fitness of things. Okay, okay. I think it would be a good idea, but instead of starting with 1960, we're going to look at the past. Back in the good old days when barnyard animals could do pretty much as they pleased, and a farmer didn't know what a little freedom was like. Um, uh... Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, and on this farm he had a city, E-I-E-I-O, with a life right here and a life right there, with a crack right here and a crack right there, with a moon moon here and a moon moon there, Old MacDonald had a farm, Old MacDonald And so, reluctantly, we leave Grandfather's farm and move on to the year 1960. The livestock is regimented. Machinery has invaded the cow barn, and at milking time, things in there are just about as leisurely as a West Point parade. Let's tune in on the milking machine.
see the mechanical head now. Regular Ballet of Wheat in at the Grange will sound like this. Down the center, stay your plow, and another ten years will eliminate the cow. I don't see do, all hands on, boy, can you hear them pistons pound?
got flicker while you have more fun than a today flicker. Swing that oil can to fill that tank. And we've got hit red for the tank. the government is going to do with all that money. Mm, waste it one way or another. Grumpy, one more wee from you like that and I'm going to give up having these things explained. Donald, let me see if we can't find out what Uncle Sam will be doing with his money in 1960. Do, do you know where he lives? Mama, who's going to Oh, you're no help. He's somewhere in the USA and we're going to find him. Call me when you do. Oh, come on, Grumpy. We'll need you to knock on doors. Let's try here. Hello? Say your father's shot. Wrong house. Uh, maybe he lives here. Good, what do you mean by that, honey? If you have a time How do you feel? Nope, not there. Well, we'll find him yet. Knock on that door, Grumpy. Claghorn's the name. Senator Claghorn, that is. Oops, sorry, wrong house. Well, we're getting closer, fellas. Let's try over there. Ring the doorbell. Howdy. to ask you some questions. We understand that you're going to be using nearly $51 billion in 1960. Uh, could you tell us just how you will spend it? Sure can. That's much more money than I've ever needed before. Two and a half times as much as I used in 1940. But as you've already found out, there's going to be about 15 million more people to take care of then. And prices will be up. Yes, yes, but... Where exactly does the money go? Well, some of it is for the 60 million people who have Social Security cards now. And there'll be more folks getting on in years by 1960. It's safe to say we won't be getting any younger. Quiet, Grumpy. I'm uh, hoping I'll only have to spend around six and a half billion for military purposes then. It's still high, of course, my third highest expense. I don't see how you can figure that expense at all. What were the stories about war and conscription? How did I get you for a nephew? I know the difficulties ahead. Don't let Guppy throw you, Uncle Sam. Just finish your plan. My next biggest bill, over $4 billion, is for education and recreation. I really could use two billion more than that to take care of all our needs in public schools and colleges. But I can't count on it the way things are going. Ah, you waste a lot of money. Well, suppose you let me ask you a few questions. First, the veterans. You want me to forget them? How? Well, there's more than three billion. Second, you want me to let our natural resources be drained? No. Well, that's one billion. Now, you think I should withdraw my assistance to public hospitals for the blind and the crippled and the poor? Jiminy, he's got me. <laughs> Same old Uncle Sam in 1960. He always gets you. Well, as a matter of fact, that's the wonderful part about a show like this. Donald... Wouldn't you like to see the city of 1960? Well, come outside and I'll show you. All right, come on, strap yourself in tight, Grumpy. 
wouldn't want to lose you for the payoff. But look here, what is this? What's going to happen? It's a rocket projector, Grumpy. It's going to shoot our rocket right into the city of 1960. No, you can't run it. You aren't piloting anything that goes 2,000 miles an hour with me in it. 2,000 miles? Let me out. Let me out. Get this stuff off me. Let me out. Come on, hang on, everybody. Close your eyes for the takeoff. All the way for 1960. Okay. You can open your eyes now. I'm a flower for what flower. Are we over 1960 now? Oh, not yet. I haven't given the rocket to work. We're still over the 40s, about 1949, I'd say. Don't be afraid to look down, Grumpy. We're not too high. Are you sure this strap will hold me? Why, certainly sure it will. Okay. But uh, that town doesn't look any different. Still the same old man. Yeah, still, still tying cities in knots. Yeah, and those crowded slums, rickety houses, all that smoke from the factory. Oh, remember, we're still in the floundering 40s, gentlemen. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Here, let me give this rocket some juice and skip a few years. Heads up, everybody. Look down, gentlemen. 1960? 1955. Well, I see they put up a lot of new houses. Yes, but some people still have to double up with their in-laws. <laughs> Not quite as bad as before, though. And look how it looks on the other side of the track. Well, the truth is, in 1955, you still have some slums left. And some factories will still be in the city limits. Hey, you guys are sure hard to please. Oh, I got an idea. I was going to take you to the 1960 that's already in the cards for you. But you know what I'm going to do instead? I'm going to adjust this thing to put us over a city in 1960 as it can be. A city as it can be? Can be, if you want it that way. If you put out just a little bit more oomph to deliver the goods, more goods than you're slated to do anyway... I'm gone! You sure are. All right. Hold everything, gents. This one is going to be a Lulu. <laughs> Gentlemen, feast your eyes on 1960. A 1960 you can actually have if you want it badly enough. Wow! Well, I'll be... You'll be living in it if you want to. Well, just watch it purring along those wonderful super highways, skirting the towns, flowing over the mountains and through the valleys. I can't get over the way the city itself is laid out. Every family with decent surroundings. Slums, dogs. Yes, sir. Over there where the slums were is permanent open space today. Only lions and tigers live there now. Hey, lions and tigers? I'll, I'll, I'll swoop down and, and let you see them. There, see? Well, of all... And now it's a zoo. Yeah, but what happened to the people? Oh, no, the lions didn't eat them up. Just a minute till I turn this rocket around. There's where they're living now. Those new housing developments at the edge of town? Yeah. In just a second, we'll be over them. Yeah, Yep. Here's where the people live who lived in slums back in the 40s. Look at these developments. Each a neighborhood unit. Each with its own shopping center with grocery and department stores, theaters, everything they need. It's that way all through the city. You mean the stores have followed the people? Right out into the suburbs. Yeah. And what do you think of the apartments and houses themselves? 
brother, just look at him. If I hadn't seen it. Plenty of fresh air, baths, hot and cold running water. I'd have never believed it. And look at those kids playing out there on the grass between the houses with not a worry about traffic. Wow! I don't notice any smoke. Let me give this thing a turn. Here. I'll show you why. Here. Why? Well, because of factories are outside the city limits. Yes, close enough, but uh, far away enough, rather, uh, from living facilities. And, oh, well, now look. We're passing over some of the other suburbs. Notice no blighted areas at all. And what happened? Yeah, smooth. Smooth? is the word you want, Tom. Oh. Built in all styles, but built for real living. Easy to clean, cheap to keep up. Wait, hold it a minute. What's the matter? I just saw a sign. It can't be true. What can't be true? That sign. I want to see it again. Hey, turn the rocket just a little bit to the right, please. So as I can eat. Yeah. That's it. What? It is true. I can't believe it. It says, House for Rent. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one thing you won't have to worry about. The housing shortage will be all over by 1950. There'll be enough homes for everybody. Hey, get off of that. What's him a call it? Donald, get off. We're going into a room. Pull him off. Pull him off. I thought we were going into a crash. Look, we're just two feet off the ground. Yeah, and it's a good thing we were over the railroad track. We might have hit a building. I'm going to give it the gun. What's the matter with your grip? You want to kill me? Well, we're all right now, don't we? Relax. How can you expect me to relax when you... Did you say that was a freight train? Yeah, those aluminum boxcars make it look like a passenger train, don't they? Sure do. Wonder why they made them over Well, room. they're lighter, faster, carry more goods. Oh. Wonder what it's carrying in all that hurry. Why, what's the airport? Ask a freight train? What? Well, it's not so silly. Listen. Hey, what are you carrying down there? Tomatoes, oranges, lemons, limes, kumquat, grapefruit, and dried. Hmm, going in big for citrus fruit. Green leaf, poultry, rabbit, or lunch. Plenty of delicious cats, no duck. Nobody need go hungry if you just produce a little bit more than you expect to. Okay, just tight. What are they? What? No, no, they're private planes. Selling them like autos now. Here, I better get us out of this traffic lane. Look at that dinky one. Just off our nose. Well, that's an autoplane. Cross between an auto and an airplane. 
Hi, you folks. Hi, uh, uh, where are you heading? Going down to Florida for the weekend. Oh, have a good time. Well, bye. That one's a giant. That's the 322 to London. Overnight hops, sleepers, and everything. Overnight to London? Yes. New York to London for $100. That's around four cents a mile. Hey, Donald, Donald, come back. No, he's gone down to that carnival. Oh, my heavens. They're taking him to one of those ducks in the shooting oh. they'll, they'll kill him. Here he comes, flying up again. Looks like he's wounded. Well, I'll, I'll fly the rocket under him and see if I can catch him. Are you hurt? Well, you might as well get used to them, Donald. In 1960, with everyone working a shorter week, people have more money and more time to spend having fun. All you have to do is look down there and see. Hey, don't look now, but I see an airport. Anybody want to land in 1960? I'm opposed to it. Donald? Well, I hope he doesn't sit here. Well, take a deep breath, gentlemen. We're we're losing altitude. Hey, look at people waiting for us. From 1947 to 1960. Oh, brother, wait till I tell the folks back home. Hi, everybody. That's the way I want to be. Well, there are a few things we haven't even mentioned. From where we sit, Nineteen City looks like the promised land. But there are still some big ifs. If there's no war, and if nobody gets trigger-happy with atomic bombs, if our statesmen practice statesmanship and use their mandate with wisdom, and of course, if a major depression doesn't, the depression doesn't paralyze the world. And there's another footnote: we haven't mentioned any other country because this has been the story of America in 1960. But the welfare of the other countries are, well, it's our welfare too. If our land is to be filled with plenty and peace and happiness 12 years from now, it'll be because we have reached out a helping hand across the seas where. Words like needs and resources have a very different meaning. It's worth working for, don't you think? It may not be perfect, but by Jiminy, it's worth working for, so... Climb right on my song and come with me. 1960, full of fun and fancy free. Hi ho, hi ho, and hi ho, for it to be the no, your father's just can't Hey, boss, uh, yeah, this is this is smart speaking. Uh, 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 Doc speaking. Uh, we're, we're just about through here at ABC, and uh, and uh, Donald and Jiminy and all us boss will be uh, Jack on the Bob uh, uh, back on the job uh, first thing tomorrow, uh, today, next week, uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, uh, but uh, right now I want to tell you, uh, uh, right now I want to tell you that the American Broadcasting Company has presented in the public interest a musical documentary called 
speaking, folks. Uh, you have just heard uh, 1960 Germany Cricket uh, with the news about uh, 1960. And now, uh, how's about tonight's news of uh, 1947? <laughs> well, Doc, there's quite a bit of news about Americans and their pocketbooks tonight. First of all, the government top housing authority reports that neither landlords nor tenants are taking to the 15% voluntary rent increase plan with anything like the enthusiasm many had expected. Second, top-ring Democrats, ranging from Labor Secretary Schwellenbach to West Virginia Senator Kilgore, have opened up a drive for renewed price controls. And finally, the Agriculture Department says it doesn't see any prospect for bringing down food costs in the foreseeable future. Now, first about housing. It looks like the American people are not willing to exchange a 15% rent boost for the security of a long lease. The government housing chief reveals tonight that by the end of August, only 6% of the nation's tenants signed a voluntary agreement to increase their rent. Now, they have until the end of the year to make the deal with their landlord. But rent director Frank Creedon admits the whole idea is very unpopular with the fellows who have to pay the household bills. Now, the 15% deal was conceived by Republican congressional leaders as a compromise measure for gradually lifting the ceilings on rent. Democratic Senator Holly Kilgore of West Virginia has called for a return of price controls to stop the rise in living costs. And he served notice today he'll reopen the price battle in the, if a special session of Congress is convened to vote on another European aid program. Well, uh, I guess that's about all, and but we'll uh, all be starting now just as soon as... Uh... Oh, 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 wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, I, I, I forgot something. Uh, Donald has a word or two he wants to say. Okay, Donald. Now. 
Ah! 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 Ah!